Welcome everyone to another edition of the MPL Sunday Show where we focus on, on the weekend action here in Queensland. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Now, this is a busy show, so we'll fly straight into coverage of the MPL Queensland. There were two rounds since we last recorded. The midweek round played over the midweek, obviously. We'll run through results quickly and we'll talk briefly about the interesting talking points out of those. Brisbane Raw 3, Brisbane Strikers 0. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 4, Redlands United 1. Peninsula Power 2, Gold Coast Knights 0. Lions SC 3, Capalabar SC 0. Olympic 4, Moreton Bay 1. And Eastern Suburbs 1, Brisbane City 1. Adam, there's a couple of interesting talking points out of this game, isn't it? One of which I imagine was a young young striker at Moreton Bay United. Yeah, um, it, well, we'll sort of get the story about it later. But um, look, the two takeaways, the big the big results, I think, for me, was Peninsula Power knocking off Gold Coast Knights on Tuesday night 2-0, which basically put an end to Gold Coast Knights' premiership hopes. But also, as well, uh, Olympic um, on Wednesday night, their 4-1 win over Morton Bay, which, look, I think you look at that result and you say, well, Olympic sort of, you know, really, you know, sort of put... Yeah, put a hammering on Morton Bay, but look, it wasn't. I think if you saw that game, it was fairly deceptive because Morton Bay were in that for 75 minutes, um, and then with um, young Zach Kierpal, who making his debut off the bench, uh, scored a brilliant goal, and then um, after that, but then it was a uh, Tuskusakia free kick that then that put put uh, Olympic back in front, and then from there it was uh, a couple of goals. Uh, they put it out of reach for um, Olympic. So Olympic did what they had to do, but um, certainly Morton Bay. And and they said the result of the weekend obviously then sort of shows that they, they're in form, but they were very unlucky. Absolutely. And the one result I mentioned last week on the show, Adam, was the fixture between Redlands and Sunshine Coast down there in Cleveland. I said they had to win that game to move back into survival calculations. Obviously went down by four goals to one, but as we'll talk about later on as we run through the weekend results, they're now back in the hunt anyway after a great result today. But we'll move on now to the weekend set of fixtures, which started on Saturday out there at Morton Bay United, at Walter Park for Morton Bay United against Gold Coast Knights. And this was a fantastic performance from Morton Bay, wasn't it? It was. And uh, yeah, sort of yeah, a kept off a pretty dismal four days for Gold Coast Knights who lost both games up in the Morton Bay region. Um, this is this is a um, shocking result. Then uh, young Zach Kierpahl again, he scored two goals in 18 minutes to get the uh, goals started. So look, it was a very, uh, this is a game that we covered um, on our coverage on Saturday night. And this was a very, very good performance by Morton Bay. Um, uh, Royce Brownlee sort of really has done a tremendous job with this uh, this young sort of up and coming side, and given their run home, there's there's if if one the if by the Raw or uh, Gold Coast Knights who are above them in the ladder, if they stumble, um, it, it realistically and mathematically, Morton Bay are still sort of a punter's hope of actually you know getting into the top four because they they've got a very very soft run, but uh, yeah, Gold Coast Knights uh, they, they've had not a great week and. Look at the fourth, but the chasing pack are coming. Now we'll talk. I'll talk about Gold Coast in a moment, but I think they'll be certainly avoiding any holidays in Morton Bay region anytime soon, given the results they've had there in the last week. But this Morton Bay side, you're right. They are they are a really interesting side. They've got some good young talent that they've brought through. It's just it's just the points that they've dropped, isn't it, over the course of the season? And a couple of a couple of results. You look at if they'd just gone the other way on those occasions, they'd be right in the fight because they've probably dropped four or five points. That you think they probably could have picked up that would that would now be really valuable, but it's the injuries that they've had have been all aback and they've been really sold defensively in any case. I mean, there's a lot to like about Morton Bay. Oh, absolutely. Um, they've got they've got some good young players coming through. Uh, ja- Jackson Courtney Perkins has uh, had a great season for them. Yeah, he, he's been their probably their best player all season. Um, they, they funny enough they actually did it without Lyndon Farr on Saturday night. Um, so. Look, they they really have got a side that is you know if they if they can keep it together for next season look they may they may push for a you know a top four berth next season um, especially if they're potentially you know one of the top four to so start digressing as far as you know due to sort of you know, the you know the cap sort of points cap issues or you know players that have you know that came from Victoria going back or you know not resigning so they they're definitely a side to watch not only at the end of the season but maybe push for next season but look Royce Brownlee's done a tremendous job with that team that's in his tremendous strikes off and Ben Harris getting four from left back a very rare goal for him yeah. but what do you think about Gold Coast because that is two obviously defeats on the, on, a, on the trot for them it's very un-Gold Coast 
like since I've been in the MPL era. And I'm just not, I can't quite put my finger on what's not quite right down there on the coast at the moment. Yeah, look, um, I think sort of answering to the game on Saturday night, they, they were very shorthanded. Um, they were missing a number of players. Uh, even you know, Mitch Nichols was named on the bench, but he, he was only ever going to come on an emergency after sort of pulling up a bit lame on um on Tuesday night up at uh, AJ Kelly. So look, the, uh, the loss against you know, potential power, that wasn't so, um, so unexpected, but um, certainly the loss of Morton Bay, I guess, you know, as much as we talk highly about uh, Morton Bay, that was one that I don't think many people saw coming other than the true believers. Absolutely. And we'll move on now to a couple of other results from Saturday night. Adam potential power, did beat Gold Coast United, so they did the double over the Gold Coast Clubs in a week. They won by two goals to one. And Brisbane Strikers, 2-0 over Capalaba. The games today, I'll start with the two at the bottom end of the table. They're equally fascinating as the final game which we were at. Got Brisbane City, one. Sunshine Coast, Wanderers, one. And Redlands United, two. Eastern Suburbs, one. Now, those two results, they really do tighten things up at the bottom now, don't they? Because the bottom two sides are now tied on 16 points. Absolutely. Um it's yeah, this this relegation race. We we're talking about a week ago that it was an important week for Redlands. Um, three out of six is not bad for them, especially considering that you know Brisbane City only picked up you know two points. They've had two draws. Um, East East, yeah, they 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 picked up only two points, and even um, and, and even Gold Coast United, who have sort of they their their loss at um. At AJ Kelly on Saturday night has actually put them sort of on that bubble where you know they're one they're one or two losses away from you know, joining this uh, relegation race. So this this relegation race, even though it's only one team going down, at the moment there are three or four teams I reckon that'd be very very nervous uh, going into the final weeks of the season because uh, there there are like, one or two bad results and it could be all over. I've seen the Gold Coast. You know, they've kind of snuck down into that kind of relegation zone because they're. At- about a month to six weeks ago, we were thinking they still might be in there or thereabouts in the race, in the race for finals. So that's flipped on its head completely for them. Do you have any has your thought changed on who could potentially go down after these results over the weekend? Because for me, I still think it's likely to be still the same team going down in my mind. Yeah, I look. I think I think it comes down to two. Um, I, I think uh, Red, Redlands, I still think, are probably the favourites. I, I just don't see where they're going to pick up any more points. That you know, they really needed something against uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers on uh, Tuesday night. But equally, Brisbane City have got a very, very tough run to go home. So they need they need to find a point or two somewhere just to just survive themselves. So I think it's in those two. I still think Redlands are, are the favourites to go down, but. Look, one adverse result uh, for City that they shouldn't, and all of a sudden like, they they've got the benefit of uh, goal difference at the moment. But if Redlands can somehow fluke a point somewhere, uh, look that 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 completely changes. And like as I've said a number of times on a number of shows, for Brisbane City to go down, that would be an absolute tragedy as far as you know being one of the flagship clubs of the league. But I but I think across sort of the league, I don't think there'll be too many tears either. Well, like, I've got twenty two goal bonus in the goal difference in their favor so they do have that in their in their in their in their um, in their favor but i i think one of these two sides is going to get one more win i don't know which one of them it'll be but i think one of them will get three points somewhere over the last four or five weeks of the season and that will prove decisive one way or the other now two teams adam if you change tact are not who are not looking over their shoulder in that way in any side any in any way whatsoever are olympic sc and brisbane Raw and the raw did and the olympic uh, and Olympic, I beg your pardon, did win the final game of round 19 Sunday night, 1-0 over Brisbane Raw. And this was an incredibly tight and high-quality game, Adam. Absolutely. Uh, Olympic go to the top of the league um, outright at least for um, for a week or so uh, with, with this win, obviously with uh, Lions you know, idle on the bye and uh, potential power still got the couple of makeup games to go. Um, but look, Brisbane Raw... Uh, they, they had that slump a couple of weeks ago, but they've really sort of, you know, started to come on. They, they were very, very unlucky tonight. It, was, it took a bit of magic from um, Daniel Leck, who has been in absolutely superb form for Olympic, probably since the um, since the, they've come out of lockdown. And like I said, that was a great goal he scored, you know, about 20 minutes to go that sealed the game. But look, Brisbane Raw are really unlucky. And uh, 
look, we'll go to the interviews with uh, with the coaches shortly. But I know Chris Grossman was especially, you know, he was disappointed that they didn't get more out of this, and justifiably so because they were they were good for this Brisbane Raw tonight. Well, they weren't just unlucky; they were incredibly disciplined and structured in the way they played. They sat relatively deep, played a different formation, cut out the space for just. Tasku Sakir in that Olympic attack, which we know is so good. They cut the space off that. And you're right, it was one moment from Dan Leck, who's had a great season for Olympic, that made the difference. But for a large part of this game, if the Roarers had that quality in the front third, that final ball, they could have caused real real trouble for Olympic. Oh, absolutely. And that's what, and that's what it come down to, is that it's just that just that finish. The, 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 the came out, like, I thought Cyrus Tahimi was, was very, very good. Uh, Kaito Paldo actually started on the bench tonight. I think, again, I think they sort of talked about more that, you know, Chris Grossman had a plan to, to counteract and to, to nullify Olympic. And I, as I commented to you when we were at uh, Goodwin Park tonight, that you know, I've never seen Brisbane Raw MPL side set up this defensively and try and hit them on the counter. Right? But yeah, look, uh, Keegan Yelchic as well, I thought had had a fairly good game, but again, just missed a, a pass or two that you know that probably could have been decisive. So um, yeah, look, that, that's what it come down to. But at the end of the day, um, it was one moment that decided this game, and you know, and, and Dan Leck was was the man. Absolutely. Before we talk about Dan Leck and Olympic. Some um, Gold Coast have left the door slightly ajar in relation to the top four spot. Do you think that door is still slightly open, or do you think that that top four is still going to be the same? Because it is currently a six-point gap between Gold Coast Knights and Brisbane Roar, and Gold Coast do have a game in hand. Yeah, look, I, I think I think it might be this 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 uh, this loss for Raw might be um, might be sort of as far as the top four. Look, they're, they're going to fight until the end. There's, there's no there's no question about that, and this is not the same. Brisbane Raw MPL side to the past. So, yeah, Chris Grossman's got this team. Marvin, right after they will play to the final game against Morton Bay in mid-November. But, uh, yeah, I just think time is going to run out against them. I think, you know, a couple of losses. I think a loss to Redlands back, you know, you know earlier early in the season. I think that's sort of the sort of results that yeah. are really going to hurt them, I think, as far as, you know, top four ambitions. But, look, this is this is probably again probably the best raw team, and we thought last year's team on Jake Goodship was a very very good squad. This is probably even better. So um, they're gonna, they're going to go well to to the end, but I think they might just run out of time and run out of points to catch Gold Coast Knights. Yeah, there's just not quite enough games left, is there? But it's a massive improvement from from the Brisbane Raw Academy and full credit to the coaching staff, as you pointed out. For Olympic, I thought well we well the raw were really defensive or defensively well set up. The one thing Olympic had to be was patient. And you have to say they were incredibly patient and working for the opening. Eventually, they found it. But it was it was not easy going. It's actually good, Adam, to see after they played so well midweek against Morton Bay and the week before against Peninsula Power, seeing them win a different type of game is bodes well for, for them as they move forward in the season. Absolutely. Yeah, three, it's them, three points of three points. And it doesn't matter how they came. But, yeah, look... Uh, Again, I think I think you've got to give credit to the Raw, I think, in this that you now Olympic, you know, they weren't they, they were patient and they so they sort of had to try and find a way to get around, you know, the way that Raw set up. And it was just it was just patience and like I said, eventually they got the reward for persistence. But um yeah, look, I think I think we need to give Raw more credit, you know. Uh, to that, rather than sort of saying, "Oh, Olympic had an off night," because they they tried and tried, and finally persistence paid off. But um, yeah, they they're in they're in for a game. But uh, yeah, look, the the rewards are that you know they sit you know three points clear at the top. Well, look, table just a moment first. You alluded to the fact we would we caught with both Ben Khan and Chris Crossman after the game. So let's hear what the two coaches had to say. Ben, thanks for talking to us once again. Yeah, no pleasure to be with you. It wasn't as easy as we would like, but it's, that's a massive three points, isn't it? It's a huge three points. Um, we, we obviously didn't say much before the game, but we were carrying a lot of fatigue. There's three or four boys out there that maybe maybe in a normal season we would have tried to rest or wouldn't have made it through, but we, um, you know, they showed real, really good resilience and character to, to push through some mental and physical fatigue. Um, Brisbane Raw were really good. I thought they were probably the better team, actually. Um, I know we had a couple of chances in the first half, um, but yeah, I, I thought they did really well. They set up well to stop us, and, and they, they had a lot more energy and uh, freshness about them. You mentioned the way they set up. Was your message to the players and just patience and keep working at it, and you'll eventually find your way through? Um, we, we knew we knew we had to be patient. Um, we were we were trying really hard to find solutions to break them down. Um, 
we were a bit limited by uh, some of the movements that some of the players could make, so we couldn't get. Uh, we were a bit restricted in some of the things we wanted to do in that yeah. regard. But look, in in the end, you know, Daniel Lex had a had a, an amazing season, and he was one of the guys that was was pushing through with uh, with some real soreness, and and um, yeah, he came up with a really good goal. We found a way. Last time I spoke to you, I asked you about the relatively new players you signed, but Daniel Lux has been massively important mm. for you over the course of the season, hasn't he? Been playing in a few different sort of roles around the front third as well. Mm. He's he's been great. Yeah, he's, uh, he's. I mean, I could go through the team, and there's been a few of them, but he's uh, he's certainly been one of the ones that's um, been absolutely crucial to to the run we've been on and the form we're in. And uh, you saw it again tonight when we when we needed a way and we needed to find a way. He um, came up with something special. And remaining at the top of the table at the recent end of the season must be incredibly pleasing as well. Yeah, we're, st- we're still at that. Um, st- still a bit hesitant to look at the league table, given that you know Knights and Power have got, I think, still two games in hand on us. And um, we 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 really are genuinely just making sure that we we do our best to win every game because that's all we can control. Um, if look, if the others drop some points around us, we'll we'll make sure we're there. Um, but we, uh, yeah, long way to go, and there's lots of games to play. You mentioned folks on winning every game. Next up, you've got Capalba at home next Sunday. What did you learn from that game? The first time you played them down at Capalba? Yeah, it was tough actually. It was uh, it was our first game, uh, your first game back from from the COVID break, and they uh, yeah, they were really organised, and we we found their pitch quite difficult to play on. Um, so there's a bit more space and a bit more of a truer surface here at Goodwin Park. So that that will suit us. Um, watching their their form, and I know that there's some they've made some changes and brought some young players through. So it's quite hard to predict what type of Capalaba team we'll play against. But look, at, we 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 have a lot of belief and we're very confident in in, in ourselves. And we'll just uh, make sure that we recover well from today, prepare really well for that game, and we'll be able to give everything on the weekend. We've got a week off now. Congratulations on the win. Thanks very much. Thank you. I'm the coach of Chris Crosby. Chris, thanks for talking to us last once again. All good, no dramas. Not the result you were hoping for, but it was a really good performance from your side there today. Yeah, it was. It's uh, very frustrating when you put in a performance like we did tonight and uh, you come away with uh, without any reward. I, I can't fault the boys. We were we were fantastic tonight. I think uh, the amount of heart, the amount of quality we did show, and just that little little bit of um, that little bit of quality we uh, we lacked in final third, but. Yeah, couldn't be prouder, and if we can bring that into the final four games, we uh, we definitely uh, will come with more positive results than we will uh, defeat. So you mentioned maybe lacking slightly in the front, though, but defensively you were really compact. Was that part of the plan tonight to try and stifle the space with their attacking talent? Yeah, it was. I think you have to. I mean, they're a very very good side. I think uh, we've watched them a couple of times this year, and you give them space, and uh, you know some of their uh, some of their very good players in the final third um, hurt you. Um, I think that what it came down to tonight, we switched off, you know, for, for a couple of seconds and, uh, you know, oof, Daniel Lex has been fantastic for them this season, so you give him space in around the box and he, he hurts you. So, But uh, being saying that, there's, there's massive amounts of positives that we can take from tonight. I think uh, a lot of people look at our squad and, we yeah, we give a few opportunities to you know, some younger players, but we're not going to roll over and die. We're going to continue to keep fighting and, and pushing and, and these young players have been fantastic. I'm delighted to be leading them. You mentioned there's a couple of young players up from the under-20s to that this year. Um, today, sorry, you've impressed with their performance then? Yeah, I was. I was, yeah. Jess Descano, Trent Millard's come in, Ben Holiday's come in as well, plus yeah. Luke Broderick tonight as well is coming again, who's uh, who's only 15 years old, so it's uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for them, but they don't let us down any time that they put on the shirt, which is which is fantastic, and um, yeah, the future the future's bright, um, and we'll keep fighting until mathematically it's over, and the boys are hungry, they want to play finals football, and the club does, um, so we'll keep pushing until it's mathematically uh, out of the equation. So, Alex Parsons played a slightly different role. So, would you make his performance more of a left back, left wing back? He's he's been fantastic. I think we've asked a lot of different things of Alex uh, over the year. We've we've played him as an eleven. We've played him a little bit deeper today. But um, you know, it's just it's having a look at something a little bit different. He was he was very good again today for us. I think uh, we asked that a little bit different from him, and uh, he still delivers. I think he's got a lot more that he can give and we'll definitely be looking for that but tonight I think for him he can definitely hold his head high as, as well as everyone else um, and we just need to continue to, to help pushing him to where he wants to get to. You mentioned still pushing for finals. I believe you play Gold Coast tonight in your next game after the bye. How important is that game going to be in terms of that quest for that fourth spot? Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. I think we got I think we got pen power before we have them but in saying that I think uh, they're, they're both important games. I mean, tonight we've showed we can go punch for punch with you know one of the best teams in the competition. I mean, uh, we want 
want to do the same um, against Gold Coast and uh, and against Penpower as well, and we'll definitely be setting ourselves up to do that. So um, we're excited for the challenge, and uh, we're we're not gonna you know, we're not gonna die without a fight. So that's what both coaches had to say, Adam, after the game tonight. And they were both pretty happy, weren't they? I mean, well, Chris Grossman was frustrated after the result, as you heard, but they were both had a lot to like. They were both, there's a lot for both coaches to like in that. Absolutely. And the one thing as well, that despite his disappointment, you know, Chris Grossman also said he was quite proud of the performance. And look, uh, you would be hard-pressed to find a person that wasn't sort of, you know, impressed by that. Because I said they, um, the Raw, they gave it all, but yeah, not... It wasn't the beat tonight, but uh, yeah, look, uh, Ben Khan, on the other hand, you know, very philosophical about, you know, sort of not getting carried away of the fact that they're on top, that they're still looking at a game at a time, as cliche as it is. But look, I actually really think genuinely that at the moment, this this uh, table could change on a week's notice. And we're about to look at uh, next week's rounds and round of fixtures. And um, yeah, look, a result that doesn't go the right way and all of a sudden this, it all changes. That's a classic cliche, that one. I thought every coach everywhere in every sport has used that cliche at one point or another. We all look at the table. Now, Olympic FC, to your point earlier, they are now three points good at the top of the table with Lions having the bye this weekend. So Olympic are top of the table with 43 points from 20 games. Lions are on 40 points. Oh, so Olympic 43 points on 20 games. Lions 40 points in 19 games. And you've got third place Pencil Power also on 40 points, but they've played 18 games. So they've got a game in hand on the Lions Two in hand on Peninsula Power, and you've got Gold Coast Knights are in fourth on 33 points. So the gap has opened up there between the top four at the moment. In fifth, Brisbane Raw Academy on 27 points from 19 games. Morton Bay in sixth on 25 points from 19 games. Brisbane Strikers with their win yesterday, they move up to seventh place with 24 points from 19 games. Sunshine Coast Wanderers has certainly had their resurgence in the second half of the season because they are up to 21 points from 18 games. Capalabar in ninth on 20 points. Gold Coast, you know, to your point earlier, they're down to, to 10th place with 18 points in 16 games. They've got a few games in hand there, but then you start picking up points. Eastern Suburbs are in 11th on 17 points from 17 games. And then Brisbane City and Redlands, that we talked about, they're on 16 points each. So we might start at the top of that table. There is a gap now emerging, Adam, between first, second and third, and there's a bit of a gap back to Gold Coast in fourth. Yeah, look, I don't think that... Um... The Gold Coast Knights are banked on losing two games in a week. Um, maybe, maybe one, but not two. And, th- and that's where the gaps sort of emerged. Um, you, you add that shock loss to you know, Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, earlier in the season, which which basically was the end of the Great Pittock era down there. And um, yeah, and that, that's pretty much the tale of why they, they're, they're gone as far as the premiership premiership race goes. I think if they get their act together, they're still going to be uh, highly competitive come finals time, but as far as the premiership goes, I think, yeah, all hope is lost. So you can never rule that Gold Coast time to one-off game. As we saw last year in the finals, they're always very tough to beat. Now, teams 5th through through ninth, which is the Raw Raw Youth, Morton Bay, the Strikers, Sunshine Coast and Cabalaba, I'd say they're probably just about in that safe category at the moment, Adam. I don't think that Mathematically, they're not so much say in terms of re- reality. They probably are. So we'll look at the four bottom teams, and that, that's closed right up now. But from Gold Coast down to Redlands, there's two points of difference, and any one of those sides could yet find themselves in a bit of danger. Yep, and that exactly. Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, Gold Coast uh, United and. Uh, Brisbane City can breathe a little bit easier because I think that with the games in hand and I think for Redlands, the, having the bye in the last round of the season also is probably a bit of a concern for them. But again, it's going to come down to one adverse result that's, that goes against the grain uh, and all of a sudden th- that whole sort of you know relegation sort of plot just changes. So again, it's just a matter of picking up points wherever they can, you know, you know take advantage of, of you know, of a, off, off the game for an opponent, especially, you know, a, sort of, you know, a top opponent. And, uh, yeah, that, that completely changes. So, uh, Brisbane City especially, they've they've pretty much got all the top top teams in the last few few weeks. So, if they can somehow put together, put together they can, you know, get themselves just out of trouble as much as getting themselves deeper into trouble. Absolutely. And I did mention Gold Coast, you know, had played 16 games. It is, in fact, 18 games. We'll look ahead now to round eight of the NPL Queensland as we revert back to the original first half of the season schedule. On Friday night, Sunshine Coast Wanderers play against Brisbane Strikers. Saturday, you've got Morton Bay, Redlands, Brisbane City, Gold Coast United, Peninsula Power, Eastern Suburbs, Gold Coast Knights and Lions. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And on Sunday, just the one game with Olympic Coast in Capalabar and then Brisbane Raw have the bye. Adam, I imagine 
the point of interest this weekend, particularly at the top end of the table, is that clash at Croatian Sports on Saturday night between Gold Coast Knights and Lions. It's a, a clash where if Lions are going to maintain that I'll go three straight in the Premiership race, this is a game that they have to win. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk we'll talk about this um off air. But uh yeah, this this has got connotations for both sides. Um that you know, for Gold Coast Knights, um, yeah, look, they can very, very easily like I know they've had a bad week, but they can very, very easily bounce back and sort of ruin the party for Lions, who you're right, as far as their premiership aspirations go, you know, back to back to back, uh, they need they need to win. And as simple as that. But look, Gold Coast Knights, I think they might be a bit more freer knowing that you now the, the premiership may be gone, but they could really sort of go you know, dent uh, Lions' chances if they if they can you know, pick up the points on Saturday night. So that, that's a huge game in itself. I'm sure they would love nothing more than to do that to Lions. At the other end of the table, there's the four sides who are in that relegation battle, if you like. Two of them do play at, at Corporate Trouble Management Stadium back here in Brisbane on Saturday night with Brisbane City at home to Gold Coast. You know, do you imagine a win there for either side might just make one of those two sides safe. Yeah, look, that again, I think, uh, yeah, both sides again need need a win. Uh, it's it's a game that you know I think Brisbane City, you know, they might be sort of you know penciling this is the salvation game for them. That they uh, they can, if they can win, then they're they're unbeaten two games. So there's there's no reason why they can't sort of get on a roll now. But um, I think Gold Coast Knights will also be Gold Coast United. Sorry. I think it will just be as uh, desperate to at least you know, ensure safety. Okay, we'll move on now to the FQPL results for this weekend. Ipswich Knights 3, Rochdale Rovers 1, Western Pride 6, Southside Eagles 1, Mitchelton 3, Holland Park, Mitchelton SC 4, Holland Park 1, I beg your pardon. And the game, Adam, that we covered yesterday out there at Cornubia Park, Logan Lightning 3, Wynnum Wolves 1, and Logan, they continue their great run, don't they? Yeah, look, um, we said a few weeks ago that we thought that you know Southwest Queensland were the were the ones as far as um, the sort of the, the promotion race goes. But I think Logan Lightning in the last couple of weeks they've really shown that you no, know, they they may be the ones as far as you know finishing on top, and they, and they go from strength to strength. They most certainly do. They look, they've extended their lead out to five points as of time of recording. Southwest Queensland Thunder they do play later today as of the time we're recording this, so it's a nice little comfortable gap that they're building there, and it's. It still is between two, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think I think as you know, with Wynnum Wolves finally having their five-game winning streaks uh, snapped by by Logan, it really sort of you now puts some distance between the chasing pack and Logan and Thunder. I think it comes down to now one of those two sides where blinks first as far as makes a mistake as far as dropping points. Um, that's what, where the, sort of the promotion is going to lie. But I think Logan have proven the last sort of few weeks that they um, they look the goods at the moment. I think uh, Rick Coughlin has done an excellent job down there to keep them going. They're, they've now won six straight, Logan, and yeah, I think it's definitely in their hands. Yeah, I think there was some thought that maybe Wynnum's form could see them make a late surge, but they're now 14 points behind with, a, with about five games to play, so that makes it almost impossible. But we'll talk about the actual game. Logan started pretty fast, didn't they? And in the first half, you'd have to say they were in a fair amount of control of the game until a fantastic strike from Max Mikula made it one all. Yeah, look, uh, Ugo Maniki um, really sort of, yeah, you know, he's showing his quality as far as um, sort of, you know, as a winger and also sort of taking the pressure and goal scoring pressure off um, Adam Edgar, who, you know, is sort of scoring goals for fun, but Maniki scoring a double and yeah, he, the, fir- the first goal was a cracking goal, but yeah, um, Max McCullough's uh, equaliser, that was something out of the top draw. Yeah, most certainly. We'll talk about that in a minute because the goalkeeper, Matt Lugo, had a fantastic game. But for Logan, Ugo Maniki was absolutely fantastic. When he didn't, I don't think he set the second goal up for Jed Brown, but he was at the secondary assist on the left-hand side, and he was really dangerous all game. Yeah, yeah, he looked lively. And you know, if it wasn't for some uh, good keeping by uh, Nathan Bowden, the uh, Wynnum Wolves keeper, he probably could have had four at least. There was a couple of one-on-one chances that... Look, you'd say you'd hope that you know Maniki would have scored them, but also as well is that they are equally good saves. So yeah, he's just in a rich vein of form. That was after he scored uh, the opening goal against Thunder last week. Absolutely, we've seen Logan play a couple of weeks in a row now. They look a really well-rounded side, don't they? They've got a pretty solid back line. Midfield's got it's, it's functional, I would say. Their midfield and the front third's got three or four players you look at there who are always good for a goal. Adam Edgar didn't score last night, but he's got ten goal, nine or ten goals for the season. So they look a really dangerous side, don't they, Logan? Yeah, look, and if you 
if if they are the ones to get promoted, uh, look, only, they only probably need only a couple of additions, maybe mainly in defence more than anything. I think defensively against sort of the big boys, I think they may sort of struggle a little bit. I don't know if, the, if the defensively they're probably capable at that MPL level, but certainly, you know, their midfield and attack are certainly of that quality. So they wouldn't really need to do that much to re-strengthen up to be where they'd be a force in uh, MPL. But look, as far as the league at the moment in general, look, they... Um, yeah, it's a very serviceable back line. Um, look, Matt Lugo's in great form at the moment. And, um, and yeah, look, I think that at the moment, they look like the ones. They do. And look, what about, what about Wynnum? Because I, I thought Wynnum were quite good last night in terms of... I don't, they were they were probably just a sh- a shaded by Logan, but I still thought they played quite well. And you look at them, if they if they do make the finals, we'll talk about the ramifications of the top four in the FQB in a moment. But if they get in, you have to say they've, they've got a real chance of doing something. Absolutely. This is admittedly the first time I've seen uh, Wooden Wolves for a while and, you know, on the stream or or anything like that. Uh, but they, like I said, they, 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 by the looks of their sort of form, it's no accident that they came to this game five straight wins, you know. So, so yeah, look, they, they played well. I just think, yeah, Logan just may be just that, that tab better than on this night, but look, you can't, you cannot you know, discount them come final time. I think they've got enough firepower there and enough, you know, sort of decent players in that team to really create a shake within the finals series. Well, the, the finals position is not a guarantee by any set of circumstances because obviously you mentioned the five-game winning streak they've been on. They, they, they're now tied on 25 points with Ipswich Knights and Western Protocol, as I mentioned earlier, had wins over the weekend. So that those finals positions in the FQPL, it's a really fascinating race at the moment. Yeah, no, look, it, it's, it's good. It's good for... For that league, that it's not, it's not come down to a case of oh, the top two have cleared out. There's nothing else to play for because there is plenty to play for. You know, for positions three and four in the finals. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if you know teams three and four, whoever that be, be it Western Pride, be it you know Ipswich Knights or Wolves, that that they couldn't really sort of you know go and give you know, Logan or Thunder a real shake, especially whoever misses out on whoever misses out on that promotion spot, you would think they may be a bit, a little bit deflated. So um, you'd think there'd be a real opportunity for teams three or four in that final series to, um, to really sort of cause a shake and, you know, make a grand final. We, did, we saw that last year with um, Rochelle Rovers. They finished in the mm. bottom half of the top six for the final series. And they went on to win the, the final. So certainly anything is possible. Now we will talk, I teased earlier, we were going to talk about Matt Lugo's performance. He made two or three amazing saves in that first half. One in particular was one of those, Split second reflex saves, Adam. That just, it was just, it's amazing save. Absolutely, yeah. And um, look, it, it, like I said, we, we did give plaudits to their goal scoring um, credentials. But uh, look as well, Matt Lugo at the back, you know, he's been sold all season in most part for, for Logan. And uh, yeah, look, a lot of, yeah, if, if he saw those goals go in, I reckon we're talking a different ball game. So I think not, you know, Ugo Maniki at the other end scores two goals. But I think Matt Lugo is just as much, you know, sort of, you know, yeah, I had a hand in that victory last night. So we certainly could have been talking about a different game if those goals did go in last night. But Matt Lugo did catch up with our our colleague James, who called the game for Football Queensland last night after the game. This is what he had to say. All right, Matt, congratulations on the win, uh, extending the lead on top of the FQPL table. Yeah, it was a good win. The boys uh, dug hard and got the three points. So quite a few screamers in this game as well. Uh, it felt like it was played at a break net breakneck pace was that something you guys set out for or just the way that the game dictated itself look they, they, they're a good team um, they've got some players that can score bombs like like you saw <laughs> so um, it, it, we didn't plan to, to do that but it's just how the game ended up and the lads they, they stuck in well and did well I think it seemed like you guys were a real cohesive unit going forward as well like uh, Rick's put together a really strong game plan as well uh, how's it all coming together for you guys with a month to go in the regular season I'm really excited. Um, the boys have been playing well. We're digging in every single training, doing really well. Rick's got the boys you know, playing really well, and it's going to be a good season, I think. Okay, now I've got to talk. You had that spectacular save there. Can you just talk us through it? <laughs> uh, I, just, I just pushed and luckily got my hands there. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose at that point, not really a whole lot of thinking needs to take place. It's just make yourself big and hope for the best. That's it, yeah. It was, it was lucky. Um, he put it where I could reach, unfortunately for him, but made the save, and... You know, we went on and won the game. Definitely. All right, so only a few games remaining now. you just got to take it one game at a time as finals approach? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, we, we've still got to perform. We're top of the league, but the ball's in our court. So we just got to keep training hard and winning games, and I think we'll be right. All right, awesome. Well, pleasure to watch you guys tonight. Congratulations on the victory, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, buddy. 
I thought that was what Matt Luger had to say after the game last night. We always thank both the player and James for taking those time to do those interviews for us. Adam, when we can't get to the game. Now, there is no round of FQPL next week. They've got a midweek, oh, not midweek, it's a weekend catch-up round. There's only one game that I can see to be played, Adam, between Southwest Queensland Thunder and Holland Park, a game which will be important in that promotion promotion situation at the top of the table. Yeah, look, at um, it's a game that you would think that uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder should win based on form, but if they drop points, um, yeah, I almost would say that it is you know, a total advantage to Logan to march on and and you know, claim top spot and, and the promotion. So, look, at, while on the ladder, you'd think that Thunder should win, you know, if they go in this game and, and drop points, yeah, it could be all over as far as their promotion hopes go. Thunder are very good at home, aren't they? So that's the, that's mm. the sort of game that, in their, for their promotion charge, this is the sort of game they'd have to win. You you would think so. And look, you, you, they, they'll start very, very short favourites. But, you know, the, you know, when the pressure's on, especially when they're trying to chase, um, yeah, look, it's a case of, you know, this is where sometimes things come unstuck. So they need to be really careful. They don't, you know, overlook uh, Holland Park because... You know, they, they could go up there and, and even even a draw could be fatal to their promotion hopes. Absolutely. We'll move on now to the MPLW. We'll focus on the, the game first that we watched yesterday, also out at Cornubia Park. Gold Coast United won Logan Lightning nil, and this was a massive game in the top four, top four chase in terms of final finishing position, and Gold Coast United have just continued their, their charge towards that top, top spot because it's still in their hands, Adam. Absolutely. They're, they're still, with games in hand, they definitely are the ones that, you know, they hold all the cards as far as the Premiership. Um, but this, this game was a really, really intense game. Look, um, all, all sort of the, the, the uh, action as far as the goal action or, or so, so it had in the, happened in the first 10 minutes. But this is a game of two quality sides that end up being a stalemate and Gold Coast United hanging on in the end. Absolutely, there was some description of who did actually score a goal for Gold Coast United, isn't there, Adam? Because it wasn't quite clear on the um, on the screen as to whether or not it was an own goal or if Gold Coast scored. Yeah, all, all I know is that uh, Bella Habuda had the cross from the right in. Uh, whether it collected the defender or whether um, I thought that Catherine Goff was the one who got the final touch, and that's how we awarded it on our um, on our coverage. But uh, sort of at the ground, they're still saying own goals. So look, either way, that was a, that. Would have been the decisive goal, but um, also as well, but Kate McDonald missed a penalty. Well, she had a penalty saved, I should say. You know, keep James you be, happy. You be careful with that. Oh, yeah. That, that was saved by uh, Castafino uh, in the Gold Coast goal in the seventh minute. So, as I said, that all the actions seemed to happen in the first 10 minutes. But after that, it was a very, very good game. Two sides are definitely, you know, uh, going to be up there. And, you know, it's... Gold Coast may, Gold Coast and Lions may start to clear out as far as the Premiership goes. But again, like in the FQPL, the final series could be anyone's because obviously Kapalabar as well are definitely capable of springing up and have beaten, uh, at least they've beaten Lions. I think they've even beaten Gold Coast in that this season. So they're, like, they're definitely, so this, like I say again, it's a new season come finals time. And just as a goalkeeper, that was Adam not giving credit to the goalkeeper there, just just to make that clear. But Logan had plenty of chances, particularly in the second half, didn't they? When Shea Connors came on off the bench, the the Brisbane Raw striker in the W League came on off the bench. It had a massive impact, just adding a real spark of energy. And working with Megan McGilligan and Tian Petterwood, that front three, if they can actually get that as a front three starting, Adam, that that's as good as you can get in this competition. It's weird because we've we've watched Logan their last in their last two games. Uh, they lost to they lost to Lions uh, two weeks ago. They had a bye last week, and then obviously yesterday. Um, Shay Connors has in both games has started off the bench and come on at on for the second half. So it'd be interesting to see you know to, to speak to Nick Croydon at some point, the Logan coach, to see whether this is um, an issue as far as. As you know, Shea Connors may not be able to play the full 90 minutes or where it's a tactical thing where she sees herself as an impact player more than a starting player, especially when you have um, two proven goal scorers normally in uh, Meg McGilligan and Tian Petterwood. So it'd be interesting you know, whether they don't go full ball with all three strikers. See, all three strikers are capable. So that's an interesting little sort of you know scenario there for, for Logan. Um, but uh, yeah, look, 
again, it's uh, they they do have plenty of goals in them, and but good to give credit to uh, to Gold Coast. And they're they're without their best defender in Momo Hayashi at the moment, but uh, Zoe Corbett uh, definitely ha- she had a great game, you know, marshalling the defence yesterday, and and yeah, look, and that like I said, a one nil win was a very well deserved gritty win for Gold Coast United, who at the moment I think, as we've said before, are Premiership favourites. Absolutely, they've got. They've been a gritty defensive team all season long, Adam, with the best defensive record in the competition with, I believe, conceding just 14 goals from 14 games, which is an absolutely remarkable feat for its side defensively to concede so few goals in a season, isn't it? Yeah, especially especially in the women's game, which does seem to have more, it's more sort of attack over defence. So to be only averaging one goal a game conceded, I think that's I think that's a really really good um, sort of you know prospect as far as how good a defensive side they are. But they also can attack, and that's and that's also as well the part of the women's game that you know really is you know comes to fore the the attack side of things. But having but as we say, premierships and championships are built on defence, and Gold Coast United definitely have that. Absolutely, all the sides in the MPLW routine can score plenty of goals, but it's at the other end of the field that teams can really differentiate themselves from being contenders to the rest of the field. So absolutely, so we'll go through the rest of the results now, Adam. Eastern Suburbs five, Southwest Queensland Thunder three, Lions FC five, Football Queensland QAS zero, South United two, Gap one, and the game being played this afternoon as of time of recording, Capalabar, Mitchelton. So look, it's a it's a tight race between that top four, isn't it, Adam? And once again, it, it's, it's it's tight at the top in all these three competitions. It is, yeah. And like I said, I think that the four have really sort of, in the women have really sort of stood out. East might be an outside chance should Kapalabar or Logan falter, you know, sort of in the run home. But I think that'd be at long odds to do that. The gaps defeat uh, at South, if it wasn't their defeat last Sunday at, at Heath Park, was a death knell. Their loss to South uh, yesterday basically confirms that they're not going to be playing finals uh, this season. I think they're I think they're done, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I think it definitely, I think we've got top four. Maybe East might be the wild card in that if they can go on a good streak and, you know, maybe a Kapalba or Logan sort of falter, you know, badly in the, in the run home. But, uh, yeah, as I said before, those top four sides, again, like the MPL, like the FQPL, yeah, it becomes, the final series becomes a different sort of animal as far as a new season. Anyone can be anyone on their day. Well, what I can tell you about Eastern Suburbs is there are they are fifth on 28 points. Logan are fourth on 30 points. So, but Logan do have a game in hand to play mm. in, over Eastern Suburbs. So that gap could extend out further. But at the moment, it's a that's probably the one thing that you might say maybe East could catch Logan, but you wouldn't. But I would you still would say it's a bit of a long shot. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the chance of probability, I think there'd be shorter odds on um, on Logan holding on to fourth, or even like Palabar as well, who are sitting in third at the moment, but. Again, game games in hand uh, for Logan might see them into third. So it's yeah, I, East like I said they have to go. On, they have to go on a long winning streak now and hope that it's definitely not in their hands. Absolutely. And we want a bit of MPLW news to wrap this up, Adam. And again, one James was on to get out at, at Western Pride, I believe, over the of midweek to catch up with their new coach for the MPLW. They're coming back in the competition this year, Adam, in twenty twenty one. Trent Gregson from from Cooma is going to take over that job. I mean, that's a it's a good hire, and it's good to see him back in the senior competition. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, they, like I said, they had some issues at the start of of the season where they withdrew their senior women's team, but they are continuing on in in uh, the under 18s. Uh, obviously, the a year has passed. They've, they've um, hired a very accomplished women's coach in Trent Gregson, and uh, look, that that it's only a good thing uh, that, yeah, like I said, that Western Pride are are going to be back and. When then when they have been in the competition, they have been competitive without you know major results. But their 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 strength is their junior base, and a lot of those young young players and they're starting starting to develop and whatnot. And look, I'm not I'm, not, I'm certainly not suggesting that you know they'll be you know Premiership contenders next season. But obviously, Trent Gregson will guide them along to be a, a much more formidable force, maybe in a few years' time. And it's a good point because they do have a great junior base that they Western Pride in both. Male and female football, they've got a great catchment area to choose from. And you could compare that with, match that with a biggie pardon, perhaps bringing some players over from Coomera. They could be a bit of a force early on. Maybe not top four force, but mid-table force pretty quickly. 
Well, that, and that and that's the and that's the part of the I guess the balance that you know what what Trent Gregson will bring to that side is that he can bring experience as well, and that's sometimes what the um what some of these younger younger players need they need that experience around them. I say the same thing about Morton Bay as well and their struggles. Unfortunately, the latter and the results do not reflect you know that it's that they're having a horrible season. However, like I said, those young girls, even though they get they've conceded over a hundred goals a season. Um, they will learn from this, and you, if you bring you know, players along that are experienced and give them confidence, um, it can only mean a good thing for them. So, it's just like I said, with uh, it's, it's a case of you know just staying the course, you know, and staying sort of engaged in the game, and that experience they'll come across eventually, you know, should um, pay some dividends. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, James did catch up with Trent Gregson during the week, and let's hear what he had to say after becoming the new coach of Western Pride. Trent, congratulations on your appointment with Western Pride. How are you feeling? Mate, I'm uh, extremely excited. Looking forward to uh, kicking off the new season as soon as it comes around. So uh, what prompted the move? Uh, honestly, the opportunity. Um, I, I wasn't wasn't looking for a move or anything along those lines, but when an opportunity like this presents itself, you've got to jump on, on it. Definitely. And uh, you have been coaching with Coomera in the BWPL and looking forward to finishing off that season on a high note? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, until that season's finished, my focus will be on, still with Coomera. We're sitting nice second in the league at the moment and really like to get that trophy back home. I saw that as well. Was it 38 goals scored, five conceded? So we should be expecting some of that uh, at Briggs Road next year? 100%. That's definitely what we're trying to bring this year. We've had, uh, yeah, been pretty good in front of goal this year. All right, awesome. So talking about Western Pride, uh, when do you start recruiting for next season? Obviously, we've still got this season going. Yep. Uh, there's still a bit of work to do, though. You're studying the current NPL women's table? Uh, mate, there might be a few casual conversations had here and there. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I wouldn't want to interrupt anyone during their season. Once that season finishes, though, it's... Uh, it's going to be total work, I guess. And how familiar are you with the setup out at Western Pride? Uh, I've, I've taken a couple of tours with the facility with Pi and Pat. Um, I'm in, in conversations with Pi pretty regularly. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty all over it and ready to go. All right, so training is a fresh start, obviously. Western Pride not involved this season, so you're starting from square one. How do you? What's the first thing that you try and do with this uh, squad now? Um, we look to recruit club people. We want, to, we want to build a really good foundation. People that want to be involved in the club, people want to help us build a strong culture. Uh, people that want to be involved with the juniors, you know, um, a club-first mentality. And obviously you've got to find that balance between giving uh, local juniors a pathway through, but also you've got to try and find some experience as well. How do you go about balancing that? Mate, it's a tough <laughs> one. And honestly, um, if you've got the answer, I'd, I'd love to know it. But um, That's why I'm doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll, uh, I'll sit down with, with Pi and... Look at their their 18s and 15s they've currently got, and also go ahead and try and scout, scout some of that talent that you talk about. And when it comes to recruiting players, obviously we mentioned your record with Coomera. Yep. Do you have a set system in mind, or are you going to try and just recruit the best players and tailor a system to them? Uh, mate, tailor a system to them. I think that's um, you've got to be adaptive in this day and age, and you 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 know the players you get, are the players you build around. Definitely, and uh, as a coach as well, who do you see as your influences both you know locally and internationally uh locally i would like to say my reserve grade coach ray mcdonald you know he uh ex-military uh very <laughs> very scary man um that sort of confidence in the field and mate, I'm, I'm a big fan of jose so okay so lesson learned when i'm commentating stay away from the western pride bench <laughs> yeah. oh mate no i'm a big teddy bear all right so talking about the npl women's competition this season how like, how much study are you doing of the players trying to scout the opportunities for you to build this Western Pride squad? Uh, mate, I've I've been I've been getting around some games, poking my face around, um, and you know obviously examining that team of the week sheet quite regularly. <laughs> I've got a few friends that play for like Gold Coast United and Easts and stuff like that, and so I have regular conversations with them just to see you know who's the hot property. And uh, are you in touch with any of the other other coaches, asking them for advice, going, hey, how do I approach this, especially when it comes to pre-season and everything? Yeah. Um, I've I've had a good relationship with Gary French from South for a number of years now. Um, and I've had regular conversations with you just about Coomera, so I've got no doubt it's going to be the exact same. Even though he's a rival now, Gary's a pretty good guy. He might give me a hand. Definitely. And obviously you are still quite a young coach as well, so this is a good opportunity for you to really showcase yourself in that NPL stage as well. Exactly. And like I said, the opportunity was there, and it, you'd be silly to turn something like this down. And I'm, and I'm hoping it, uh, you know, we can make something really great. All right, now normally we save this for our NPL season previews, but I just want to ask now, what are we going to be able to expect from Western Pride in as concise a way as possible? So basically the opposite of the question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, I want to be, we want to be competitive. 
that's our aim. You know, we, this is the season we can re-establish ourselves in the uh, MPL and you know, hopefully build from there. Awesome. Well, Trent, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck. We're looking forward to seeing Western Pride and NPL Women's next season. Almost, mate. Thank you, mate. No dramas at all. So that's what Trent Gregson had to say talking to James during the week. And he's not the only coach appointed for 2021. I mean, David De Silva confirmed for Morton Bay next year as well. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, that the, obviously the similarities between Western Pride and Morton Bay, um, Bay's women's uh, programs as well. But this is a, a exceptional signing um, by Morton Bay uh, that, you know, a coach of the calibre of David De Silva, who, who did uh, coach the uh, Brisbane Raw MPL W winning side in 2018 and is also well part of the uh, Brisbane Royal W League sub who won the Premier's Plate in the same year under Melandretta. So this is a coach of tremendous pedigree. And like I said, those, those girls at the moment that, you know, those who will be in the program next year, I think will gain heavily from um, David De Silva's experience. We've seen, obviously, given he was working with the Raw QAS NTC side back in 2018, we've seen, obviously, he's worked with young players before in Morton Bay do have a lot of young players in their senior side. So to work with a coach like that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing is, Morton Bay as well, they're, they're having, with despite this sort of the lack of success at the senior girls level in the uh, MPLW, their, their junior teams are going really well at the moment. So again, you've got, like I said, again, it's their own age group. They're a good team. And there are a lot of quality players amongst in that in that academy program at the moment, they just need that confidence, you know, to belie their age and actually step up to senior program. And I think, you know, as an appointment like David De Silva is certainly going to help that along and help along a lot quicker. And that's that's no disrespect to Ben Furman, the current coach. He's he's tried hard, had much to work with, but this is a this is a big big signing. And again, like I said about Trent Gregson from Western Pride, I'm not expecting Morton Bay to be Premiership contenders next season. But again, the the long game suggests that they they, they will that they should produce a, you know, a lot of quality players in the next few years. It's been a bit of a tough year for them. We'll see out of the grand final in twenty nineteen. Yeah. They're currently sitting bottom of the table, but they do have a grand final rematch coming up in one of three games over the next week in the MPLW. Adams they play Lions FC away from home, and that's that's one game. Yeah, they, they play Gold Coast United at home as well. So they've got two games coming up in the next next week. Gold Coast United, South United play as well. So this is another. Another weekend slash midweek catch-up round, Adam, just to get the fixtures back in alignment before the business end of the season. Yeah, look, I guess in a way it's a good thing, you know, from a point of view of so trying to figure out the, the premiership sort of race at the moment with Gold Coast United and Lions both playing their catch-up games. Because um, obviously then, you know, we're, we're going to know for well ahead ahead of the big clash at Lions between Lions and Gold Coast. Uh, and, that, and that, to me, will be the, the premiership decider. I, I, I can't, I really can't see at this stage of the season neither side losing another game except against each other. So it'll be must win at Lions on their home turf but um, yeah look Gold Coast United they still look they still got to show up and play and that's the main thing no, so these three games are must win games for both Lions and Gold Coast United they've dual point earlier we're talking about the FQPL with, with South West Queensland these are these are games that you just need to to win bank the points because if they don't bank the points the premiership race might get out of their control Absolutely, and like I said, you don't want to be chasing more than three points. Come that matchup, um, I haven't got the date in front of me when that game is, but um, it's in a but couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, it, it is in a couple of weeks' time. It'll be after these string of um, of catch-up games, so it really becomes a one-game one-game proposition for the premiership. And but but if dropping points, you know, for whatever reason, between now and then, that could be you know again premiership hopes. We might look at that next week, Adam. What do you say? I think so. All right, for now, we'll get out of here and we'll talk to you later. Adam, thanks for joining me. Yep, thanks, Scott.